You are now listening to an educational podcast brought to you by True Relationships and Reproductive Health. This episode explores FGMC, known as female genital mutilation, cutting, or circumcision. Listeners will gain an understanding of cultural considerations as women from diverse cultural backgrounds share their personal experiences of FGMC. Before we start, we would like to acknowledge the First Nations people of Australia and pay our respects to elders, past and present. This podcast is for health professionals, community workers, and interpreters. If you are a health professional, we also recommend listening to our companion FGMC podcast for clinicians and accessing our online FGMC course from true.org.au. Female genital mutilation, cutting or circumcision, or FGMC, is used to acknowledge differing perspectives. The World Health Organization and some people will use FGM to emphasize human rights, particularly children's and women's rights. Members of cultural communities involved with this practice do not traditionally use the term FGM. The practice may be known as circumcision or traditional cutting. For some women and communities, the term mutilation may be offensive or implies that the practice is carried out to cause harm. It can also cast a negative association on the bodies of women who experienced the procedure. For cultural safety, it is important to reflect the language used by the person who is talking to you about FGMC. True would like to acknowledge that the use of the word female, girls, and women throughout this episode is not intended to exclude trans or non-binary people, but rather reflect the framework in which FGMC is understood. The following stories are individual stories and do not represent everyone's experiences, and we honor each person's unique story. I'm from Sudan and I've been here for four and a half years. I've got two children, nine and a half and five. I've been married for nearly 10 years now. Um, I was six and um, they did that when I was in my grandma's house with my other sister. She was five at that time. Uh, what they normally do, like they invite um, everyone in the family, my cousins, my uncles, my um, my aunts, and they do hina on uh, feet and hands. They bought a new clothes for us, jewelries, and made like our hair looks nice. And also they paint the house for that big celebration. And on the day they make uh, as well, especially sweets and cakes for that day. And on the, like they took us inside the room with uh, my two neighbors and my grandma. So two, two people holding my hands and one standing in my leg was the midwife who did that for us using the local anesthetics. So at the time, like I just cried when the, they did the needle for me for the anesthetics. So um, then after that, no, I didn't feel like I was feeling that there is stitches and opening and cutting and blood coming out. I was a bit scared when I saw the blood, like a lot of blood come. But it wasn't really like, um, I didn't feel anything. But later on after that, like I had to go to the toilet around midnight. So I asked my mom that I want to go to the toilet. So she hold my, she, she was holding me. And the first experience was really hard. I shocked. Like, I can't pass your It's impossible. It's really painful and hard. So I cried a lot. And I said, I don't want to do that. Then the next day, they tried with me. I couldn't. Then the third day, I can't, like, I can't just stop not doing it. So I went. I was crying a lot. 
and the midwife advised my mom like when I bust urine she should use a, a black tea to just wash me after to it's like a pain relief they don't really have like a painkillers or anything like that just Benadol to use for the pain and that took me like um, seven days I can't walk I can't get out of bed I can't do anything and at night they have to tie the both legs together otherwise like I will just turn around when I'm sleeping and the wind might open again they might need to do another operation for me so that what happened so I was kind of like when I saw like everyone is coming giving me like presents some money and celebration and my friends around me it is excited part of it but when it comes to the pain and not going to the toilet and not like standing or sitting or even I'm not allowed to play so it's a bit hard like they're not allowing me to run or play because that will affect the wind I can't feel it like I can't just run I can't walk and that for the first seven days then after that everything was back to normal so everything was normal um, it did start affecting my life when I got married like from the first day that um, sleeping with my husband I had a really difficult like having sex with, with him. It was really hard and I was crying a lot and I asked him many times to do something about it. And he, um, he suggested in in one point like to take me to the to a doctor to do something for me. But I was scared. Like every time he see a doctor or operation or something, so I will just go back and think about what happened when I was a child. So I said to him, no, I can't go to the doctor, do something else. So we went to the pharmacy. He gave us a lot of things like uh, to make it easier, lubricants and creams and stuff like that. But I did it really work. And every night we had the same problems, the same issue and fighting, arguing every time. And then I said to him, I can't really do it. It's hard for me. It's really hard. And I don't really like, I don't feel like doing it. But he was a bit patient and he said, well, okay, we will try to do it slowly. He tried his best, but it still didn't make me really happy. It was really hard for me. And I've been married now for 10 years and I still experience the difficulties when I have sex with my husband. And I don't feel like I have a desire for sex or I don't want to do it. Like I feel painful and some things that I, I want to avoid in my life. from Eritrea, which Eritrea is in Northeast Africa. I'm uh, from Christian Orthodoxy in Eritrea. I came to Australia 1992, December, which uh, close to 18 years in here. I got a family with three daughters and husband in here in Australia. Basically, uh, I have been circumstanced when I was um, seven day old uh, in Eritrea, in Christian uh, families, every child, a woman, a girl or a boy has to be circumcised seven days after the birth. That's a must. Of course, the circumcision in my country is done uh, culturally, not uh, by medical uh, facilities or medical health services. The reason 
in culturally when they circumcise for women is uh, basically to control her sexual feeling for the a Christian is open circumcision uh, for the Muslims uh, is a two types uh, circumcision in one time which uh, cut of the vagina and then sewing it so which create very difficult situation especially at the matter at the time of intercourse or uh, having sex with the man and also the most worst is when they had their baby I never seen or read in it says it's a cultural uh, it's a religious thing to do and uh, to circumcise especially for women uh, especially for women I didn't see any any religion whether it's Islam or Christian that's uh, a religion th- things to do so I would uh, say it's um, a cultural thing and in fact it's a cultural thing which control the woman's feeling. It does affect my life, basically. First of all, when you realize that you are circumcised, even though you didn't know because you were a child, you feel uh, a bit less human being. Uh, Secondly, in my experience, I got continual back pain uh, in fact it starts when I had uh, my first daughter or my first child and secondly as well your uh, sexual feeling is less most of the time you don't have interest and then I would say at this time I don't want to have sex uh, at all I'm 49 years old in other terms um, I feel still strong but not in sexual side of it. And also emotionally, you never feel the same as a full person. In fact, the worst thing is, always you think if um, I was not circumcised, how different would be my life? That's, it comes, in fact, sometimes it's very emotional as well, uh, because that's what... Uh, he created um, as human being to be full human, uh, but uh, by your own family or uh, culture, that uh, a gift of God has been taken from you, and then you suffer is um, actually it's not an easy feeling. The problem is in our culture. Uh, you don't speak about the sexual organs. It's a taboo. That's why people, I mean, even they find it, in my experience, I find it very hard to to understand the side effect of uh, the FGM for women and the families, which uh, emotionally, physically, and sexually. I'm from Somalia. I have five kids. I'm here in Australia for a while. When I'm pregnant, I move in Europe and I'm staying for a while. Actually, I live in a small town and they have only one doctor. And the doctor, I, she, I didn't know. I thought they, everybody's the same. And when she visited me, she asked me too many questions. How you can have a baby and how you can do your husband? Something like that. 
And I look at her, I said, and I can't speak the language probably. And I call someone to know the language, to explain more information. And she told me, you need big medical attention because we can't do in a small town. I didn't know it's like big deal of that that time. And she's worried how I can have the baby. So they send me the big hospital in the city. Everybody come because they're surprised. Because the hospital they don't know. And they call someone now. And everybody they come and look at me and and I thought well, I thought something happened to the baby. But it's not. They worry about myself. And they ask me if I have I can have before having baby open. And I'm think I have a two pain, it's too much for me. And the culturally, it's a little bit difficult for me. They have to call someone now. The people if they educate before, they will not happen. That three months I have to wait. So finally I have the baby. But she advised to me, she's teaching back and I have a lot of problems going to the toilet and too many things. So I'm stressed out even because there's no one there for me, like friend or family or whatever. So it's too many things. I feel shame. And I thought, what's happening? And there's a lot of things in my mind going on. The language I can't understand even. And the lady explained to me, and I'm so upset. But the lady, she told me nothing to upset. This is how it is. Now it's easy. I got five kids, so no problem. <laughs> True would like to add some guidance for talking with women who have experienced FGMC. Firstly, avoid assumptions about the type of FGMC and health consequences a woman may be experiencing or the reasons FGMC was performed. Remember, there are variations of the practice and many people or communities practice FGMC for the perceived best interest of women and girls, and that others do not want to continue the practice. Be aware of your own values, biases, and personal responses, especially how your responses might show on your face. FGMC can be intimate and private. Determine whether it's relevant to ask questions. If it is, for example, in a clinical appointment, Use non-judgmental language and explain why you are asking about FGMC. Well, I've been in Australia for over 10 years. I've done um, primary school here, high school here, and now currently I'm in uni. I have a very large family. Yeah, and um, most of my experiences are like just Australian. I don't remember much about like my Somali life and... I study business. Hopefully one day I'll get a job in one of them big companies. <laughs> um, when I was circumcised, I was, I think, about five. Um, first, it happened to my sisters. Like, uh, it happened to them one week, and I was like, everyone was excited about it, and I wanted, like, I was jealous. I was like, they went in a room, everybody gave them what they want and stuff, and I was like, I couldn't wait till it was done for me. And it was done, and it was painful. <laughs> I didn't really understand what was happening. I just knew it was like something exciting that was happening and like not the reason or whatever it's like getting your ears pierced <laughs> pretty much well um I was on like a bed and yeah as my mum was there and like a couple other people yeah trying to remember 
the lady like she had like you know um what do you call them the needle so it's just like a little slice <laughs> and yeah I don't even remember right I was just like crying and fighting and everyone's like holding your legs and your hands down and they're like it'll be over soon and yeah and then we just cry 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 and <laughs> wipe your tears and yeah pretty much just like you realize it's happening when it happens yeah it's uh, yeah it's shock like the thing is painful well when you hear like you hear other people getting it done and you hear them cry and stuff you get a little like scared obviously because of pain and stuff and you don't know what to expect but uh yeah you get angry you're like why would my parents hurt me like why would, why would people hurt How, like what's good about it yeah it just happens i had the um what do you call it, the Sunni, Sunnah or something they call it. Like there's two versions, the Fir'anic, which is like, well, that's extreme. They like cut a lot of stuff and they stitch you up real bad. This one, they just like prick you a bit, I think, like cut a little bit, make you bleed and just like fix it up. And yeah, so, yeah, depending on like what you have, I guess is how strongly you feel about it and how it affects you. So, yeah, never really think about it and... Yeah, it's just it's just normal because like I've never experienced anything else other than that, so it's like part of life. Culturally, like from what I hear, like from my mums and aunties and that, FGM is done to women because it's like yeah, it's part of um, womanhood. It's um, preserves your virginity and <laughs> yeah. See, I don't even know the real reason. Like when I think about it, like culturally, it's just. Like, it's thing, everybody does it. It's like, you have to fit in to do it. You're not considered a part of society. You're kind of frowned upon. If you don't, it's like, yeah, she's not circumcised. She's a slut, pretty much. It's just like generations and generations and generations. It's, it's just the norm, like in Africa and, well, in Somalia. The circumcision has, like, really no impact on my life so far. It's probably because of the different society I live in. I don't know, like, everyone can be different and still the same. And, like, you're not judged on it and no one really, like, talks about it and it's not, like, over in Africa, probably in Somalia, it would be considered, like, they'll talk about it and be like, if you have it and this, you're a woman or you're this. But here, it's like, being a woman means different things. I'm okay with it. Like, it doesn't feel um, <laughs> any different. <laughs> like, I think I'm just meant to be normal like this, so... When it comes to marriage and children, I feel normal about it, just like everybody else. Like, I'm excited to get married. I'm excited to have my own family. You're like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not afraid, like, of sex or whatever. I think it's just normal. If, like, when I get close to those things and I feel any, like, issues about it, any nervousness or anything, I know that, like, I can go to a doctor and get it reversed. And there's... Say, um, I don't know, I don't feel much thing about it because my aunties, my older sisters, everybody, like, they had it done and they experienced it and it's it's turned out good for them, like, pretty much. They got married in Somalia, they had kids in Somalia, so, and without, like, any of the medical attention and stuff, so I'm just thinking, like, I got one extra thing. <laughs> it's a bright outlook. I don't have any, like, bad feelings towards it. Going to a doctor and getting the circumcision reversed, 
I haven't really considered it. It's just like I hear about like options available from like when my friends talk and stuff. Like I haven't really like researched on it or much like info. I just know like it's an option. <laughs> I do not consider um FGM for my kids because it's it's not relevant. So what's the point? It's not achieving anything. So it does not need to be done. If someone is talking about performing FGMC, informs them that FGMC is illegal in Australia, that there is a law to help women and girls, and about mandatory reporting obligations. When explaining why not to perform, focus on the health consequences, the rights of children, and that being uncircumcised won't impact a girl's future in Australia. True would like to thank the women involved for sharing their stories and educating us about their experiences of FGMC. For more information and support on FGMC, please visit true.org.au. If you are outside of Queensland, please see the National Education Toolkit for FGMC Awareness at netfa.com.au. Thank you.